Look on. Look now. Indians are coming. Indians are coming. They're walking. Right? Indians are coming. They're running a sacred way. They're walking a sacred walk. They're running a sacred way. They're walking a sacred way. They're telling all peoples to join them. They're telling all peoples to take care of the land. They're telling all peoples to take care of the water. They have a plan. They have a plan. Listen to me. Listen to God. are coming. East Indians, Indians are coming. Are they here to hurt us? Are they here to harm us? Why are they mad? Why are they mad? We just need their land. We just need their corn. We just want their riches. We just want their country. Are they sad? Are they sad? This was in honor of the Longest Walk 2, the 30th anniversary of the Longest Walk. I'm going to bring up the subject of Indian relationship to truth. Truth to me is sort of summed up in a statement that started the Theosophical Society in New York and made the statement, there is no religion higher than truth. I've searched for truth for 42 years. It drew me to California. It drew me to Sausalito. I just uh, itched for it. And somehow I got drawn here and, uh, and felt that I could find it. And guess what? I did. I found that truth is important to American Indian people. I call them Indians. And as far as I know, it's not an I word in Indian, just like there's an N word. It's not the same thing. If any Native Americans want to correct me with that, about that, I'd be open to that, but I've spent a lot of time with Indian people, and they call each other Indian, and as far as I know, it's perfectly okay. This is just one person's opinion, so maybe I'm wrong. They're like everybody else, in one sense, and I found them to be quite different from everybody else in another sense. The way they look at things is quite different. I think a lot of it has to do with the philosophy that I find permeates all tribal people in the United States that I've come across with. And it's a general idea in philosophy. If somebody said, what's the common philosophy? I'd say, it's what we do today, we do for the seventh generation. In other words, long-term planning. And so we need positive change like we've never had before. What the Hopis say, as far as I understand it personally, is that if humanity accepts the fatherhood, the motherhood of God, and the brotherhood, sisterhood, of humankind, then after a period of reorganization, some trials and tribulation, we're in on right now, folks, I guess, that we'll go on to, into a golden age. If not, if we don't accept the, then we go down into chaos. And other teachers that I've met have said that the time is worth uh, two minutes to midnight. We have to make our choices and decisions. Are we going to pull off a positive world or are we going to let it sink? 
I think that can only come about through right human relations, right values. Right now, I think our, our values in this United States suck, to excuse the vernacular. And I look to Native Americans and their philosophy about what we do today, we do for the seventh generation, honor the sacred sites, clean up Mother Earth, as a philosophy that anybody, any religion, any race, color, creed, can follow and not have to change their belief system, but just add something positive onto it and look to the Native Americans, Indians, as, as I have looked to them for an inspiration and a, a direction. And I really like spending time with them because they've got a, a flavor and a sense of family. I'm Neil Whitelaw. What do the tribe that you've been spending all of this time with here in Sonoma, Marin, Sausalito, what is their feeling interpretation about where man is particularly on that road? I mean, do they have a generally positive attitude that we're going to see the uh, golden age of man or that we're on the downward spiral into chaos? I haven't talked to any of them or any of the tribal chairmen about that in recent times, but back in 2002, uh, seven citizens of Sausalito felt inspired to contact the tribe and say something terrible was done here in Sausalito 150, 200 years ago. It's never been made right, and something should be done about it. So we contacted the tribe. Lenny Panol said that the elders had changed their minds, and instead of the original direction was to start to get away from the cities and dig in, the direction now is to get close to the cities and, and be prepared to be in a positive manner about things. Now the, the Coast Miwok tribe is, is very involved with things. The tribal chairman is Greg Saris, who was a full professor at UCLA in literature and has also written about a dozen novels and very interesting books, which can clue you into a lot of the local history here. He moved up to being a professor of literature at Sonoma State, and uh, he's the one that really got people together and got the tribe back together. They were very sharing people. They are always a happy people. They were always ready to have a party or a dance at the drop of a hat. California Valley Miwok Tribe, one of our country's many Native American Indian tribes, is under attack as non-Indian members violate federal law by threatening their sovereign rights as a nation. The California Valley Miwok Tribe is facing a very serious situation. There is a developer out there that wants to build a casino for capital gains. The developer is working with the Central California Agency, Bureau of Indian Affairs, in assisting him to take over the tribe. And if this was to happen, the tribe would lose its heritage, its programs. Ultimately, the tribe would cease to exist. The Miwok tribe believes there is strength in numbers and needs support from the community as well as leaders of native Indian tribes across the country to fight against these criminal activities. Other tribes can come forward to stand in unity by not tolerating what is happening to our tribe. What is happening to our tribe can happen to their tribe and that can be the loss of their culture, their heritage, and their identity. The Miwok tribe has a rich ancestry. We have been around for centuries. If our rights are not protected, we will lose our heritage and culture. Our future generation will not have an identity. By working together as one and speaking out against these malicious actions, Burley believes the tribe can stay intact and preserve its tribal heritage. The Miwok tribe is fighting for its sovereignty and its rights and the protection of its tribal members. 
and for people to step up and give their support with Shewa Unity that they are not going to allow outside influences to come in and destroy a tribe that has rich cultural heritage and that can give back to the community in a beneficial way. Uh, Leanne just sent me a Skype about uh, how Kevin Costner upset the Lakota Sioux after opening the casino in sacred lands even amidst protests and promises on his behalf to respect their culture. It seems as though, and that's one of the things that um, I think is most upsetting, is this great and noble people has almost been reduced to this culture of, well, the, the only time you even think about them or go onto their land or at all involved with the Native Americans is because of a casino. And it's, it's kind of deplorable and despicable. And it's one of the reasons that I'm glad that you're on the show, Neil. You have several decades worth of history, you know, working with and being around Indian cultures, Indian tribes, and being able to see what they have to offer and what they're more about other than just a casino. My ancestry actually goes back to Cherokee Blackfoot on my grandfather's side. It's one of the things I've been trying to get more in touch with. The older I get is that side of my life, which I know almost nothing about just because of poor records kept and that side of the family living in abject poverty, constantly being moved as their land was stripped away from them. As I said, the older I get, the more I'm trying to trace my, my ancestry back on that side and get more involved with the culture because I would like to see it flourish again. I think that we have a lot to learn from the way in which the natives lived here long before Europeans came and raped, pillaged, and plundered. Well, one thing that the local Indian people do not like, they don't like being somewhere and having a display of their past of baskets showing other artifacts and have mommy say to little Johnny, look, Johnny, here's how the Indians used to be. Because they're alive and they're modern. They're as modern as, as you and I. They're also traditional at the same time. But they really get bothered if they're referred to as just some past culture. But they don't want people joining up with them and becoming an Indian. They would not accept me if I was a wannabe Indian. I don't want to be an Indian. It's taken me all my life just to be myself. And anybody <laughs> else that tries to be their self will find that's a lifelong challenge. My family is Lakota and Cherokee, actually. I haven't had much much family live <laughs> past the time I was like uh, five or six. So anybody who was old enough to tell me anything was already dead. I did get involved with uh, rallying at the federal courthouse for Leonard. Talked with quite a few people involved in some AIM activities and whatnot. But my ties and learning have been very, very minimal. Neil, do you participate in the protests that happens on Alcatraz each year? Uh, I'm not sure if I'd call them protests or not. I, I guess in a way they are. Yeah, I usually go out on Thanksgiving morning. Some of the Indians call it on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, I don't. I'm thankful for every day of my life that the Creator has me there. Some Indian people I know, maybe a majority of the Coast Miwok, uh, stay away from that because they don't like the more militant tone of that. I actually like when they go out on Columbus Day, which some call Invasion Day, when Columbus invaded America. <laughs> there were a lot of people here. They didn't just discover new land. There have been people here for thousands of years. I know people of the Coast Miwok tribe, that their family has had their land taken away from them, the same land, five times. They would buy it back. Some of the Pomo up at the Hopland worked together for years, gathering hops, that's how Hopland got its name, and rebought their land, only to get kicked out again by federal rulings or federal troops. 
It's just craziness. The insanity has been done to these people. I don't particularly like the ideas of, uh, of casinos as a whole, but I don't know any other way that they can do what they need to do. But then a Cherokee man years ago, he said he didn't like the idea of casinos for his people because they got the idea of something for nothing. And yet, what other way has been left to them? Uh, some of this has been set up by white people is kind of push them into doing the casino thing and not having other avenues open to them. I've got mixed feelings about the casinos. A lot of people do also. I don't think anybody listening to this would make an argument that we've done anything civilized with regard to our treatment of Indians in this in this land. I mean, we've broken every treaty that we've ever signed with them or they've ever had with the government. We've all but decimated an entire culture and race of people that were once very proud and noble. And that, as you said, I'm sure still are. I haven't had enough interaction with them. But I mean, from what I have heard from people that have spent time on reservations, we've taken them and put them on a little square reservation, you know, in some of the worst parts of the country where there's very little in terms of natural resources at their disposal and just kind of left them to rot. And I think it's deplorable. I really would like to know what I could do more to to be involved to, to help bring the nations back well first I would say is don't try to be an Indian don't try to teach them a new religion don't bring the new age to them is there anything that bugs them is trying to tell them oh you're so close to the new age if you'd only do this they're saying like don't tell us how to worship you've been doing that for 500 years stop oh yeah I, I, I wouldn't be to tell them how to worship <laughs>
best thing I would say is to observe more than ask tons of questions. They're not the type of people that learn by asking tons of questions. They are people that learn by observation. And we applied that when we helped the Coast Miwok do a, what we called it, a going home ceremony in 2002. Because the seven of us in Sausalito, most of us knew each other and we all felt the same way that a great injustice had been done. The deed had never been mitigated, balanced, cleaned up, unkarmatized. We met every month for a year. And we constantly threw it back. This is not about what we citizens of Sausalito think should be done. Those days are over. What did the Coast Miwok want to do? They have a going home ceremony in Sausalito. Uh, Lanny Pinole did a uh, ceremony, a burnt offering. His uh, fiancée, Susie Moore, who's a very good friend of mine nowadays, sang a going home song. The going home song was when the soldiers came to kill the people. They asked if they could sing the song, and the soldiers thought, sure, why not sing the song, and we'll shoot you. And they sang this going home song, and it's about uh, going to the happy hunting land. And legend has it that the soldiers were so moved that they said, how can we shoot such a peaceful, caring people? And, and so that song, the going home song, saved their lives. 
So Susie sang that song. Lanny did a burnt offering. Tribal officials were down there. It was the most touching feeling of brotherhood, sisterhood I've ever felt. We also did that here in Sussex because we realized that we could perhaps set an example to other towns around Northern California to do a similar thing, to honor the ancestors. Because uh, you're if you go to the library and you want to find out about the history of Sausalito or the history of Mill Valley or the history of San Rafael, it's 95% about the white history of 200 years. Well, they found ruins that are going back five and 7,000 years in Marin County. Do we have something to learn from people that lived here and took care of the land? I think so. There were good Indians. There were bad Indians. Columbus came and found uh, two different tribes. He found the evil bad guys, and he found the really angelic, wonderful guys. But guess what? It was the same tribe, just in the two different times. They had the qualities we all have. Good, bad, angel, devil. We all have this stuff to work out. Indian people are no different. The way they go about it is different sometimes. There's a whole different sense of time. So what kind of photography do you do? I've done a lot of photography of contemporary Native Americans, powwows, ceremonies, protests, protests against some of the water and power companies, protests outside of Calpine at their headquarters in San Jose because they want to drill up at Medicine Lake, which is a holy spot to the Pitt River tribes. That's on a practical level, on a spiritual level. Medicine Lake is a holy land to the Pitt River tribes. There's about, I think, five different tribes. I think their names all start with an A are somewhat unpronounceable. They hold Mount Shasta as a very sacred site, along with three other tribes. They say that the waters are very healing. What message do you feel like you really want to get across tonight? Maybe holding in mind what I do today, I do for the seventh generation. Whatever you do in your individual and family and group actions, hold that up to a set of rose or purple colored glasses or whatever you want and filter all your actions and activities and decisions through that. I truly believe, as most Native people do, that we are all connected. We're all one. I suppose the ones that have given up their ancestry and their religion and their heritage and have accepted just Christianity, although many Indian people are both Christian and tribal in their religion, but the ones that haven't that still have some taste of uh, reverence for their tribal ways and religion and realize that everything's connected. All is one. That's why they felt that the animals and the trees and the rocks were their brothers and sisters because there's a connection. Everything affects everything. For every force, there's an equal opposite action. I don't know much about the seventh generation. I, I do know that amongst uh, quite a few tribes, there's a lot of prophecies being fulfilled. One of them, the white buffalo, that changes colors. There's so many out there besides just the seventh generation that's coming to light. I mean, look at the Mayan talk of 2012. There's a bunch that are that are pretty much talking the same thing. Some of what Neil said about, well, you know, it's time to make a decision. We're either going to live right or we're not going to live at all. We have to make sure, as those of us that are interested in helping them, Go about it in a right manner. Um, that's a phrase that is common to a lot of Indian people and tribes. Go about things in a right manner, in a holy manner, in a 
sacred way, figuring out what the next thing to do is, or what's in front of you to do that's the right thing to do. Do that. So you've mastered it. We are still strong. We never quit. We never lay down. We never give up. We are still strong. Playing that song over and over and over again got me through the hardest point of my whole life when I thought I was going to be tossed out in the street with no friends, no money, and nowhere to go. And I played that and played that and played that, and it saved my tail. We are still strong. A proud people. We are still strong. The warrior spirit. Then, now, onward. See and feel the connection to those that have gone by. The connection to earth. The connection to sky. See it in their faces. In every step they take in the dance. In the drum. The great red road. that can lead America back to the vision of the founding fathers. British gentlemen and Iroquois elders alike. The spiritual leaders in Europe were in telepathic touch with their counterpart among the American Indians. I knew that for a long time. I can't tell you how I knew that. I'd never read it, I'd never heard it, but I knew it. And in 1995, at the 50th anniversary of the founding of the United Nations in San Francisco, I got to talk to Jake Swamp, a chief of the Mohawk Nation, which is one of the nations of the Iroquois. And I asked him, point blank, I said, Jake, is there anything in the Iroquois teachings, in the Mohawk teachings, about that the leaders, the spiritual leaders in Europe and in the United States, what was to become the United States, being in telepathic communication with each other on how to plan this country as a spiritual haven? And he said, yes, it is in our teaching." I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. We need to start thinking about that and going back into our antecedents and light the torch again. It's not out. There's a few sparks left. It's people like us. I'm really encouraged to see younger people like you guys in this. We're the ones that can fan that flame and be the light of the world, which doesn't make us better than another country. As Ronald Reagan had other people said, I don't believe we're better than anybody else. But we have our role. Our role is to light, 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 light,